Welcome to the Urban Church Podcast. If you would like more information about Urban, please visit our website at lifeaturban.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy. Matthew chapter 16. I'm going to read to you two portions of Scripture. I'm going to read to you Matthew chapter 16, 13 through 19, and then Ephesians 5, 25 through 27 as we uh, set up this, this series today. Really, my goal today um, is just to set up the message for the whole month. And uh, just to begin to define some stuff, talk about some stuff, and, and hopefully it'll be enough for you to say, man, I really want to learn more about this, and you'll continue to join us over the next month. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Talking about himself. And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven has, has revealed this to you. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Everybody say church. Yeah, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He is building his church. Turn with me to Ephesians, or you can look at the screen. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5, starting in verse 25, says this, Husbands, love your wives. That's awesome. That's better than last night. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, now talking about the church, that he might sanctify her, the church, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor. New King James translation says his glorious church, that he might present his glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that your word is awesome. God, I pray that it would just come alive uh, to us in this place today. And uh, God, that you'd speak to us and that we would get a a clear understanding of what you are building in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I believe that the church is uh, the most magnificent movement on the planet. Okay, uh, When you think about different movements or even corporations that have started movements, uh, you might think of something big. You might think of something, you know, like, I mean, I don't know if you know this, but Walmart is the largest corporation in the world. Uh, they're, they're massive, and they got, I don't know if you've ever seen the behind-the-scenes working of it, but they did this, this thing on it and showed all the behind-the-scenes working that literally uh, I could go to China, and I could walk into a Walmart, and I could purchase a stick of gum, and it registers over here in their corporation. Why do they do that? So I, literally, they, they registers. Okay, somebody just bought a stick of gum. And they do that so they can track exactly what people are buying and exactly what they want, and then they begin to stock those items. Pretty impressive. Um, it's a massive corporation. You might, you might think of Starbucks, even though they closed a ton of stores uh, lately. You, you think of, you know, something large, a big movement. I mean, come on, Starbucks is really a movement. I mean, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty impressive. It's pretty insane what somebody has done with coffee. Yeah. 
Are you with me? Okay. Um, but I want you to know something today that, that literally there's a movement that's bigger than all those, and it's the kingdom of God. It's the church of Jesus Christ. And I believe it's the most magnificent, most powerful, most awesome movement on the planet, and we're going to be looking at it over the next several weeks. Something we need to understand is that this movement has a leader, okay? And, and its leader is not me, <laughs> Because if it was, it, obviously we're not that, you know, large yet, okay? Um, this leader is, is, is Jesus Christ. He is the leader of this movement, okay? He is the one that's in charge, and we're going to talk about that over the next several weeks. He is the focal point. He is the one that is leading this movement through his, through his word, through what he did on the cross. Uh, you know, the Holy Spirit uh, that is now active and working in, in our culture and working in humanity. What is his job? His job is to point to Jesus. What's Jesus' job? His job is to point to the Father. Um, but it's through what Jesus did and through his word and through his life. That's why the Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And we're going to talk about that. But we need to understand something this morning. We need to understand that he's the leader, and here's why. Because there are a lot of people that are confused at what the church should look like or what the church should be. There are a lot of people that have opinion, and all you have to do is ask somebody on the street, hey, what's the first thing you think of when you hear the word church? And they will have no problems telling you what they're thinking, all right? Okay? And this is essentially what happened in Matthew chapter 16. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus asks his disciples this question, hey, what are people saying about me? Okay, did you catch that? Who do people say that I am? And they go on and give a list. This is what people, who people say you are. But if we could translate that in today, because we are supposed to be a mere reflection as the church, we are supposed to be a mere reflection of Jesus Christ, we could literally sum this thing up in today's words and say, hey, what do people think about the church? This is what Jesus was asking. What are people saying about the church? And obviously we could give a response. And I asked some of our people, hey, would you go ask some some people that don't go to church that aren't Christ followers, could you go ask them what they think about the church? And they emailed me all these responses. And we got some good responses. And I I turned it into a definition that I'm going to give you here in just a minute. Okay. But Jesus was asking this this question. Who do do people say the church is? And they replied. But then he turns the question and he says, okay, that's what culture is saying about me. That's what culture is saying about the church. That's what their view is of me is but let me ask you another question who do you think i am or let me say it this way what does the church look like to you okay and as the story ensues and begins to build you know peter then begins to say well i know who you are you're the christ the son of the living god and he gets excited and he begins to say this is what the church looks like the church looks like this or this is who you are jesus Okay, and now Jesus gets a little happy because, all right, awesome, Peter, you got it. But if you look at what Jesus says, he says, awesome, you understand who I am. Now on that understanding of who I am, okay, are you with me this morning? On that understanding of who I am, it says this, on that rock, I'm going to begin to build my church, okay? What he's saying is this, that's great, Peter, you recognize who I am. I'm the Christ, the Son of the living God. This is Jesus in his word talking. Okay? And, and you understand that. That's good. Now, on that understanding, because you're a Christ follower, let's begin to paint a picture for culture of what the church is to look like. And then Jesus begins to talk about the church. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to understand this right now that we need to have a grasp and a concept of what the church looks like and what the church is. We need to be able to define it so now we can paint a picture to everyone out there of what the church really is, 
Okay? See, when you think of church, maybe you think, pull up that first picture. When you think of church, and now hopefully this isn't the real picture you see. Hopefully you don't think of me. Okay? That's not what I'm trying to get at. Okay? I'm not trying to, I'm like dead center. Okay? I'm not saying you think of me, please, when you think of the church, although I am a part of the church. Okay? But you might think of Sunday morning worship and those beautiful green things back there and our beautiful banner that advertises our time, subliminal message, get to church. Okay? You might think of those things. You might think of, of, man, you know, I love the worship at our church, or I, I love the community aspect and how we bless people, or, or the community groups and meeting together and, and the friendships and all these things. I asked our community group the other night, hey guys, what do you think about when you think about church? And, 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 and the, the biggest response was community, friendship, family. And that is a part of the church. And, and those are the things we think about because we're in the church, okay? But then you begin to go ask people outside the church, and their first image is not this. Their first image is, go ahead and hit that next one. Their first image is that. And you're looking at it like, what is that? Really? I mean, you're looking at it right now, like trying to figure, how many of you guys are looking at that right now trying to figure out what it is? Okay, yeah, all right. That's exactly the way the people look at the church. What is that? Really? They, they, they probably don't see that. Okay, but this is analogy, okay? Work with me this morning. When you saw that, you're like, what is that? That's exactly, when people look at the church, they're sitting back going, what is that? Okay? And we need to be able to tell them. We need to be able to paint a picture for them. Now, now what is this? This right here is called a decompression table. I know I sound pretty smart this morning, huh? Or is that a little red pointy thing, you know? Now, if you look over here, okay. This is de- How do I know it's a decompression table? I had problems with my back for over 10 years. About eight months ago, I hurt my back again. Um, usually, I recover within three days. Eight weeks later, I was still not recovering, and I was becoming a drug addict, and so I, something needed to happen, okay? Not really. I wasn't really becoming a drug addict, but honestly, it was, I, was, I, was, I was taking anything just to get rid of the pain, okay? And I just said, look, I need to go to a doctor and get, get this thing fixed because it's not healing on its own. Okay. And so I did some research, and I found, a, I found a, a spinal specialist, and it's a non-surgical procedure, and he had this thing uh, supposedly called a decompression table. Now, the thing literally is as freaky as it looks, okay? And um, so I go to see him, and I'm, 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 you know, I'm not just going to jump on that thing, all right? I want him to talk to me about it, show me around. So I show up, and, and sure enough, he has me fill out some forms and, and walks me through and shows the office, and then he comes to the decompression room, okay? And, and there's this table, although the one I, I use is a little fancier. Look, that one looks a little scarier than the one I get on, okay? It's basically a modern-day torture mechanism, okay? And which is what some people think of when they think of the church. And, uh, and I see it, and there's nobody on it, and I'm like, I'm like I, there's no way you're putting me on that thing. I mean, he, he kind of tells me how it works, and what happens is they put this little harness thing on you, and it comes down to about here, and they strap you in. There's four straps on either, tight, and they, on either side, and they cinch it really tight, and then there's like this cord that hangs here, and then they put this other harness up here, and then you lay on the table, and they ratchet your back down to the table. Sounds freaky, huh? Okay? And so you can't move up here. And then they take the cord that's right there and they attach it to this machine. And then they set, you know, your weight and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden the machine starts to pull on you. See, before I started, I was only 5 foot 11. It's, no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Okay. But they literally, it starts to pull on you and it starts to stretch you. Okay. And I mean, honestly, I'm looking at this thing. I'm, I, you are not putting me on that thing. There's no way. And, 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 you know, and I'm thinking, that thing's going to hurt me. That thing's going to kill me. That thing's going to be uncomfortable. I'm not getting on that. Okay? So, he, you know, he comes back in, and he sits me down. We talk some more. He waits for somebody to get on the table, and then he takes me in. 
Now, to talk to somebody that's actually on the table and ask them questions. He's a good doctor, okay? To ask them questions. And he knows the benefits of that machine. He knows what that machine can do for me, and, and, and it really is helping me, and I'm doing a lot better. He knows how it works. He knows how it operates. He knows that, uh, man, it might look uncomfortable, but once you try it, man, it, it actually works. And, it, you know, it might look a little funky, but, you know, just, just come on and just we'll show you the routine. And so I went in, and I got to talk to somebody, and it's like, oh, it's really, man, it made me feel better and all this stuff. And, and, and so guess what? He got me hooked, and I'm doing I'm feeling better, okay? This is the way church is. People look at the church and they see a modern-day torture mechanism. They see something that, like, I mean, let's just be honest. Uh, if you're walking to church for the first time and you see some six-foot-six dude up front going like this while the music's going on, and then when I really get into it, I'm like, you know? Hey, just wait till I start dancing. It's going to be out of control, okay? I mean, people walk in and they, they see the music, they hear the music, they see the, the stuff, and then there's just this big guy up there going like this. Let's just be honest. To everybody out there, that's weird. Are you with me? Okay. And, and so, you know, I'm not, you know, we need to worship, though, but we just need to be able to tell. Okay. The same thing. When I walked in, that, that thing was weird. But he knew the benefits of it. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. You and I know the benefits of, and listen, not just coming to a building. We know the benefits of being a Christ follower. We know that, yes, at times it can be uncomfortable, but the benefits outweigh the discomfort. Are you with me? Okay, it looks uncomfortable to the outside world, and what is that? And this thing's weird, and I don't want to be a part. We need to be able to walk them through, just like my doctor did, introduce them to some people. Oh, man, I used to think the same thing. Man, Christianity was weird. The big tall guy up front, you know, man, he was weird. But now that I know him, he's really cool, you know? Yeah. <laughs> okay? This is what? What are, what are we talking about? Okay? See, we see church, and they see it all backwards, and they see trutch. We see church, a life-giving, oh, this is awesome, and we know it, and it's church, and they see that, trutch. They see it all backwards. They don't understand. Let me give you a definition of trutch, and this was taken from what people commented about church. Trutch, that slightly odd group of people that gather together on a Sunday morning. It's talking about you guys. And talk about irrelevant things pertaining to a guy named Jesus that did some fascinating stuff a long time ago and also had some good teachings. That actually was the comments, okay? Here's another one. An organized religious group that wants my money. How many of you guys heard that one before? Okay, let me just settle. We are not organized at all, okay? But we do want your money. All right. I'm just, <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the next part. A place where I get judged. See? You and I know we've learned the benefits. No, church. We don't go there to get judged. We go there to get set free. Yeah, sometimes the guy up front will tell me some things that tick me off, but the reality is, is he's just telling me the word of God, and if I really, you know, are you with me, okay? It's not a place where you get judged. They see it backwards, though, and they think it's a place where you go to get judged, okay? Or, or this one, which is, you know, it's pretty simple, but um, a, a building with a steeple on it. Did you guys see our steeple on our school when you drove? <laughs> okay. Just kidding, there's not one there. People are going to be like, oh, yeah, check out that steeple on the way out. This is their death. This is trutch, okay? What do we see? We see church, a life-giving, loving community of Christ followers who believe in the power of the word of God to change the world. Amen. Thank you. That's good. Church, it's a life-giving, loving community of Christ followers who believe in the power of the word of God to change the world. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. Our, our, our success is not founded in programs. 
Our success is not founded in good ideas. Our success is not founded on how many people can we get together at our meetings. Our success is not even found really in our community groups. Our success is solely founded in Jesus Christ and His Word. That this right here really does have the ingredients to change a culture. That this right here really does have the ingredients to change your circumstance and your situation. Are you with me this morning? We believe it. We believe that this right here is the answer. If we never do that, if we never have community groups, if we never do all this other stuff, as long as we're doing this right here, we really can change the world. We do all of that because we see the benefits of it. But listen to me, we must always stay true to the ingredients of the Word of God, and we will change the world. I believe that with my heart. Okay? Now here's the thing we need to understand. Just like Peter, we need to get a revelation of what the church is. Because it's never up to people out there to define what the church is. It's up to us as Christ followers to define what the church is. Are you with me? So if people have a misconception of what the church looks like, it's really not their fault. Okay? I mean, if people have a misconception that church is the place where they they go to get judged, then we need to stop judging people. Okay? And the only way we can do that is just by... One person. I'm not going to judge anybody. And, you, and if we decide not to do that, then people feel comfortable coming. Okay? And I've actually had people say that before. Like, I'm a little nervous to go to church because I don't want people to judge me. Okay. Well, really, all we are, I mean, let's just be honest. How many, how many of you guys have issues? Okay, those of you that aren't raising your hand, your issue is lying. Okay? <laughs> or deception. Now, you know who the father of all lies is. is your father okay all right okay every hand pretty much went up and then those that didn't they're liars so they have issues too okay so what do we just see and everybody in here has issues okay we're not a bunch of perfect people we're just a bunch of people pursuing perfection together and can i be honest with you you can stay out there with imperfect people who are still pursuing imperfection all right Or we could come together as a community. And I don't mean Sunday morning. We're going to catch this over the next four weeks. But we could come together as a community, people of like, look, I'm imperfect. I've got issues. I've got struggles. But listen to me. I'm not just going to continue to acknowledge them and go, well, I'm just a struggler. I'm going to struggle all my life. I want to get around with people who are pursuing Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who's willing that none should perish, but all should come. Are you with me this morning? To salvation. Okay, And so we partner together in this imperfection, pursuing perfection. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is, is the church. But see, we have to change our image in order. That's why he said, Peter, who do you say that I am? Well, this is who you are. Okay, now, because you understand what the church looks like, now we can begin to change what they think the church looks like. Okay? Because misconception, man, man, misreading something can really throw you off. I was uh, uh, about, man, when would this be, 1999 or, or early 2000, um, I got invited to uh, speak at a youth, youth camp, and I was really excited because I was just a young youth pastor, you know, building our youth ministry. And then, you know, when you, when you first start out in ministry, I mean, it's fun, you know, when you have your youth ministry going, but man, when you get invited to go speak at somebody else's, you feel like you've made it big time. It's like, yeah, I'm going to speak at a youth camp, you know. God has a way of humbling us real quickly. So I get invited to speak at this youth camp out in Imperial Beach, and I don't even know how many kids were there, but to me there was like 14 million. I'm like, oh, I am Reinhard Bonnke, you know. And uh, 
You know, and so I'm speaking, I'm like 25, 26 years old, I'm speaking at this youth camp, and they asked me to speak on the first night and the last night, and um, so I speak on the first night, it goes, well, last night, I'm closing the thing down, I mean, that, come on, that's prime position right there, you know, so here I am closing the thing down, you know, and, and we had a good meeting, and, and uh, the, you know, the spirit of God's moving, and, and you know, the funny thing is about camps like that, it's, you know, you, you make them go till all hours of the night, whether they want to or not, they're at camp, where are they going to go, you know, counselors going to make them stay. So by the end of the meeting, you don't know if they're crying because they want to go home or if they're crying because God's really touching them. But you don't care as the speaker as long as they're crying. You know what I mean? God's touching them. Interpret it whatever way I want, right? Okay? And so I'm speaking to them, you know, and, and, you know, and I'm starting to get some words of knowledge for people. God's, you know, out of 1 Corinthians 13, talks about words of knowledge. And, and so God's giving me some of those, and I'm, I'm giving them to people. I'm saying, you know, I feel like God's saying this to you. And, and they start crying. And once again, I don't know if it's because God's touching them or they're tired. But I'm like, okay, good. That one was good, you know. And, and so I'm, I'm ministering to these people. And, and uh, man, the, one of the last ones I go to pray over, and, and uh, this young man comes forward, and and I'm just getting so much revelation for this young man. And I'm just like, man, God, you're going to do this and this young man. And you're going to do this and this young man. I'm praying, man, over the mic, you know, because it's just so much more powerful that way, you know. And so I'm just, I'm speaking life into this young man. I'm just prophesying, giving him words of knowledge. And this, this young man is just bawling uncontrollably. So I really think God's touching him. And, and people are back there trying to get my attention. And I'm getting annoyed. I'm like, would you stop it? I'm hearing from God right now, you know. Leave me alone. And so I'm praying over this young man. And I keep going. And people are trying to get my attention. And I'm just like, dear God, you know. I'll get to you in a minute. I'll pray for you. Don't worry, you know. And give you my gift, you know. And so I'm praying over this young man. And all of a sudden, somebody taps, taps me on the shoulder. And I'm just like, what? And they're like, that's a young lady you're praying over. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how I felt. <laughs> I, just, I, just wanted to, I just wanted to get translated right there, back to my house. It's like, Jesus, take me away, you know. <laughs> I don't know how many times I said young man, but it was a lot of times, all right? And I mean, so now I'm, I'm thinking, you know, God, I pray that they are crying because what I, I'm, the content of what I'm saying is ministering to them and not the fact that I'm calling them a young man in front of a hundred other young people, you know. And you talk about, man, I got humbled real quick. <laughs> you know, I was just like, I never, please, I don't, don't, inv- no one's going to come forward for prayer at Urban anymore at all. <laughs> so like, what if he confuses me, you know, okay. <laughs> I felt real stupid. You think that's bad? You think that's bad? About six years later, I'm preaching in Buffalo, New York, um, uh, outside, and, and Jonathan was with me, and I'm, I'm preaching at Buffalo, New York to this, this big youth conference and, and whatnot, and uh, it's such great memories there, and uh, I'm speaking on identity, and I shared this story in my message to help prove a point. I don't remember what point it was at this right now, but to prove this point. So I shared this story, and then afterwards, I'm really feeling the Spirit of God again. And I invite all the youth pastors forward so I can pray just over youth pastors first, okay? And so about 40, 45 youth pastors come up and they line up along here and, and I'm, I start praying for them, man. And I'm, I'm getting words of knowledge again. I'm telling them stuff and I'm like praying over them, you know, and I'm just feeling good, you know. And, and I'm just praying over them. And I come over to this one and I start praying over this, over this lady youth pastor. <laughs> you already know I'm going with this story, don't you? <laughs> it's Awesome. And so I'm just start praying, and, and I, mean, I mean, this lady had this beautifully long, crimped hair. <laughs> I mean, if you crimp your hair, it's still awesome, but I thought that went out in the 80s. 
And there's this, this, this woman with this, this crimped hair, and, and I'm praying over, I'm just like, man, woman of God, this is what, you know. And the weird thing is, as I'm praying for her, I'm looking at, because I'm tall, I'm looking at the top of, of, of her head as I'm praying. I'm like, man, women don't usually go bald in that spot, you know. And you think that would have been my first clue to just shut up, you know. I, honestly, I was, as I, you know, think about that, as I'm getting revelation from God, I'm like, man, people a weird spot to get bald as a woman, you know. And God uses things like that to speak to me sometimes, though. Let's see if God, he's going to use you in weird ways, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. And all of a sudden, I'm praying over this woman of God, and she looks up, and she is a he. And I'm just like, okay, look, okay. Stop crimping your hair. <laughs> get a haircut and wear men's jeans, all right? Okay? Okay. See, why, why are you telling us that story? I'm telling us that story because it, it's not up to me. Are you with me? It's not up to me to define who they, it's up to them. If, if you look, if you want to look like a man, dress like a, if, if you want to look like a man, get a manly haircut and stop crimping your, are you with me? Okay? It's up to them to change the way they look so that, oh, you're a man. <laughs> oh, you're a woman, okay? Listen to me. It's up to us as the church to change the way we look so that the outside world looking in does, oh, that's a place where I go to get judged. Oh, those are just a bunch of people that don't really care about me, but, but they want my money. Or, or, man, that's just a place to go where they talk about some silly teachings. Listen to me. If we want the world to see the church different, ladies and gentlemen, then we need to have an extreme makeover on ourselves. Are you with me? And we need to be able to define who Jesus is. We need to be able to define who the church is. That's what Jesus was asking. Look, I know what the world is saying about me, Peter, but who do you say that I am? We know what the world is saying, and here's the tragedy, is that what the world is saying about the church is gradually beginning to creep inside of our hearts to the point where now, I don't know if you know this, but literally seven churches every month shut down. And only three new ones open every month. That means we're losing four churches a month. Okay? How is it that the most magnificent movement on the face of the planet is losing because the definition, and all of a sudden it creeps into us and be like, yeah, that's all that guy up there in the gray sweater with the pink shirt wants is my money. Yeah, I know he's up there judging me right now. He's probably looking at me right now, judging me. No, I'm not. I'm just looking to see if you're bald or not. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> you have to listen to the whole message here. Church. The church is not, let me give these to you real quickly. The church is not a building. Let me just tell you what the church is not. The church is not a building. When people think of the church, oh, it's a building, okay? Ladies and gentlemen, when you pulled up today, you did not pull up to a building called the church. You pulled up to Washington Elementary School, okay? The church is not a building, okay? It's not the church. Number two, the church is not an organization. We're not an organization, Okay? Man, we're a community. We're a body of believers. We're, we're, we're coming together and forming, but we're not an organization. Okay? Are we organized? Hopefully. And I don't, listen to me. I'm not talking about urban. I'm talking about the church worldwide. Are we organized? Yes, we're very organized because we have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords ruling over it. And if you just start in Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning God, and God did this, he's very organized he lays out the game plan we are not an organization but we are very organized one of the dumbest arguments can i just give, give this to you one of the dumbest arguments about church not coming to church have you heard this one before hey you want to go to church with me no i'm not into organized religion 
many of you guys have heard that one before? Okay. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. No, I'm not into organized religion. Okay, last time I checked, the opposite of organized is disorganized. Or another word for disorganized is chaos. So by you saying you're not into organized, I know I like chaotic religion. Really? Where do you find that? I haven't found it yet. Think about it, that's what they're saying. No, I'm not into organized religion. Oh, okay, you, you like chaos. Here, let me help you. <laughs> Give me one of those. Yeah, you like that, huh? Take that. Give me some chaos. Okay? Okay. Think about how dumb that argument is. One of my friends, and I don't know if she ever watches us, probably not, but um, one of my friends on Facebook, they said they might be coming to San Diego. I said, awesome, you can come to Urban. And they replied back, I was like, haha, Ben, you know me better than that. I'm not into organized religion. She's a bartender. Now think about how, how dumb this would be if I said, hey, I'm going to be in your neck of the woods, and she said, oh, you should come out and have a few drinks with me. And I said, no, I'm not into organized drinking. <laughs> Same argument. I'm into chaotic drinking. <laughs> I mean, think about it for a minute. How dumb is that argument? I mean, no, I, I, like, I like my drinking chaotic. I mean, think about it. Let's just say, oh, yeah, we'll stop by. And I walk into her, her bar, and she's back there bartender, and I just reach across and grab my own glass, and all of a sudden they try to take it. No, stop! I'm into chaotic drinking. Do my own thing. Leave me alone. I'm getting a beer. Okay? Think about how silly that is. I mean, everything in the world is organized. And if it becomes disorganized, people come and arrest you. Think about it. Your job, hopefully, is... I, is organized. I mean, think about sporting events. How random would sporting events be if there was an organization? No rules, no boundary lines, just fill a stadium. What are you guys doing? We don't know! We're having fun. I mean, think how dumb that is. I mean, next time you go to work, you try that. Tell your boss that. Hey, are you working? Nope, not into organized work. See how long you keep your job. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That is like the dumbest argument I've ever heard in my Next time somebody just slap them, okay? <laughs> I'll give you chaos, you know? That's just a dumb argument, okay? Oh, no, no, we're very organized. Okay, this, this, is, this is organized, but we're not an organization. The church is not a national institution, okay? We're not some national institution that, you know, I'm not going to come in a robe, Although, you know, some people, that's fine, but we're not that. We're not a, we, are, we, are, we are not a national institution, okay? The church is not an added agreement with what God originally wanted. We're not an added agreement to what God originally wanted. In other words, um, it's not like God, you know, uh, uh, just had this plan like, you know what, I'm just, I'm, I just want to love people and, and do some cool things for them and, and make them happy and, and hopefully keep them from doing bad things. And, and all of a sudden, we came along, we're like, oh, yeah. I think we can help you out with that, God. How about we start a church? Okay? 
We are not an added agreement to what God original, what is God's original intent? God's original intent is this, that he's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to know him. That's why he started the plan. He started the process. And he said, look, go make disciples out of everybody. See, God wants to meet you right where you're at. That's the whole purpose of the church. What is the church? The church literally is the vessel that God has always intended to uh, use to push forth his message. You and I are are the church. What's his message, man? His message is a message of hope. It's a message of salvation. It's a message of restoration. So you could literally be here today and you, you're hopeless, but when you walk out because you met with God, that, that, that you walk out with hope in your life. You could be sitting here today not, 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 not having wisdom for a decision you need to make, but you came today and God's so good that he helps you make that decision. Are you with me this morning? He meets you right where you're at. But listen to me. How does he do that? He uses the most glorious thing in the world, his church. What is the church? We're not going to be able to get through all of them. Let me give you these things real quick, and we're going to close. What is the church? The church is the vessel which God has designed to carry his message and extend his kingdom. We're a vessel. Not a vessel just all by ourselves. Okay? In the Old Testament... The church was, was seen in typology as a boat known as the ark. You ever read that story? Noah and his ark? Okay. And Noah built that ark so that people could come on it and be saved from what was about to take place. Okay? My, my, pastor, my old pastor used to t- tell me this. He's like, does the church save you? No, but the church will help keep you saved. We know Jesus saves us by his grace. Okay? But Noah, man, he built this ark. How did that happen? God showed up to Noah. The Bible says that God was going to destroy all humanity because, man, it was wicked, it was corrupt. God looks down, finds favor on Noah, and, and comes talking to Noah and says, Noah, hey, I want you to do something for me. Noah's like, okay, I want you to build an ark. Noah's like, dude, I have no idea what an ark is. You know what he says? He goes, it's okay. I'm going to tell you what the ark is. And I want you to build it exactly like I tell you to build it. And all of a sudden you begin to read on in this great story. And I want you to make it this long and this wide and this high. And I want it to be covered, you know. I want the certain wood to be used and covered with this pitch. And, and, then, and then all this stuff. And he gives them specific instructions and dimensions so that when people look at it, oh. Okay, are you with me this morning? And then he says, hey, I want you to get in it, and I am going to shut the door because I'm in charge of my church. And the Bible says they got on it, he shuts the door, and, and all of a sudden it begins to rain. The whole earth is flooded. And if you look at the ark, it's missing something important to us. It's missing one of these. What is that? It's a big steering wheel because boats have big steering wheels. Okay? God never designed his church to have man at the steering wheel. God designed his church so that he would begin to lead it and guide it and direct it by his spirit. The ark is a type and a shadow of the church. The people got in, the rain came down, the flood happened, and those that were in it got saved. But man was not at the helm driving the boat. Jesus Christ, in, 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 in the shadow of the Spirit at that time, was literally leading and guiding and directing the church, and that's the way God always intended it to be. 
Not with man at the front, but with him at the front. And not that ark, man, that ark was, was literally led through those waters by the Spirit of God. And the church of Jesus Christ was never to be led by an organization. It was never to be led by a man or a set man in a local church. We're going to talk about that later. It was meant to be led by his presence, by his spirit, and by his word. If you believe that, say amen. Hmm. It's it's the vessel, and he's in charge of that vessel. Okay? It's, It's almost like if you really want Sprite... I mean, I guess you could stick your head under that thing and just, you know, start toggling it and let the Sprite go in your mouth, okay? But usually I go get a two-liter, okay? The church is like that bottle, okay? And the gospel is like the Sprite inside the bottle. And we're just the vessel carrying the Sprite, carrying the message of Jesus Christ to those in need. Let me give this to you real quickly. What's the church? It's the ecclesia. What's the ecclesia? It's those that are called out, but not just called out. It's those that are called together. Called out, separated, set apart, the church, but then called together. Why? Because you can't be the church all by yourself. The Bible says he is building his bride. He is building, it's a many-membered body. And if you are sitting out here at your house, I'm just going to have church at my house. No, you're not. You've got to be a part of the body of Jesus Christ in order to be a part of the church. It's mentioned over 100 times in the New Testament. Hmm. Lastly, number three, we'll, we'll close here. What is the church? It's the bride of Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter five. Man, I'm coming for my glorious church. That word glorious, if you look it up, it's, it's the word gorgeous. I'm coming for my gorgeous church. It's talking about you. I'm coming for my gorgeous church. I'm coming for them. I'm coming after them. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. The church is not a building. The church is not an organization. People say, oh, yeah, the church is that, that, that place where we go and get judged. Or it's just a building. Or it's just this. Or it's just that. Listen to me. That little container can look a lot of different ways at different times. Let me tell you something. We were the church this weekend. We were the church on Friday night when we gathered together here and began to raise money for churches in Haiti. And, and over $1,000 came in at that benefit concert so that we could send it over to Haiti and help churches rebuild. Let me tell you something. Over $1,000 might not sound like a lot here, but you get that over a thousand dollars over to Haiti that's a lot of money to them that was the church people walk in and be like oh the church is a building the church no the church cares about what's happening around the world we were the church yesterday morning all the way into the afternoon as we helped make over the spaces of two uh, moms in this church we were the church yesterday as we and listen to me what started out just as a man we, we need to help you organize this place okay could you help me went from we need to help two moms organize their place went from beyond organization to, you know what, let's help make over their whole entire apartment. And then we then went a step further as someone said, hey, I'll do their hair for free. I'll do their makeup. And then somebody else said, hey, I own a limo service. Let's pick them up in limos for free. And then it went a little bit further and said, oh, you got kids? Okay. We had like five volunteers from the church say, we'll take your kids and watch them while you get blessed. Church is not a building. Are you with me this morning? We were the church this week, and one of the moms said this. I realize this is the first time, and I don't even know how long, that I've actually been away from my kids and been able just to relax. That broke my heart. I, like, want to start a ministry that just watches kids (laughs) and not charge anybody, you know? Just give, 
I, if you don't have kids, now I'll tell you something. I love my kids with all my heart. And I love your kids with half of my heart, okay? <laughs> okay, but I love my kids with all my heart, okay? Now, someone that's called the children's ministry, they love kids no matter what. Okay, I'm not called the children's ministry, okay? <laughs> but if you have kids, man, you know what it's like. You need those moments where you just need a break. <laughs> and it broke my heart when I heard this mom's story. Like, man, it's the first time I've been. We were the church. We're the church. See, church doesn't stop when I, when I pray. We're, we're going to continue to be the church as we eat together, as we give things away to those in need. And listen to me, we're not, listen to me, we're not just trying to give things that you need. We're trying to find out what your needs are so that those needs won't be there still in a year. Are you with me? The whole point of this is, yes, we want to bless you, but hey, what's going on in your life? And if, can I be honest with you? If a year from now you're still coming here collecting clothes, and nothing's changed in your life, then we're not doing our job. We're the church. We care. Uh, you, you, you might think the church is a building. You might think the church is a place where you get judged. No, the church is the greatest movement on the planet. And Jesus Christ is at the head of it. And he's taking it somewhere. And he wants to take you along with him. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is so awesome. Hallelujah. God, your word is amazing. Do me a favor, just close your eyes. And I just want you right where you're sitting. Listen to me, there's going to be plenty of stuff to go around, okay? So just stay focused for one minute because this could be the most important moment of today. Just close your eyes and I want you to think about yourself. Because when he says he's coming for his glorious church, when he says he's coming for the pure, spotless bride, he's talking about you. He's talking about you. And listen to me. I know we can do a lot to the outside to take care of wrinkles, to take care of spots. And man, we can mask some things for a season. But only Jesus, by his grace and by his spirit and by his power, can come and touch the core of your being. And that's what he's talking about when he says, I'm coming after my pure spotless bride. Jesus wants to touch you today. We're being the church right now. We're being a vessel. How can we help you? How can we bless you? How can we minister to you? Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus, you're here today. You're here today. And there's some spots and there's some wrinkles on the church, on you. Listen to me. Just like a stain, you might not get it all out in one wash. Just like, just, just like that, I'm telling you, there might be some issues that will take time to gradually begin to turn. And that's okay. The point is that you begin to turn. And I'm telling you with all my heart, we are here to help you when you're ready to begin to make that turn.